like Justin, I'm a little uh, less nervous this second time around as well. Um, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, and uh, yeah, it's good to be here. There was an elderly man um, dying at home in bed. And as he laid there, he smelled the sweet aroma of fresh chocolate chip cookies, his favorite kind. Now, he wanted one last cookie before he died. So he gathered up his strength and he crawled from his bed down the hall, down the stairs, and into the kitchen. And with his last remaining strength, he reached up to the table, to the cooling rack where the cookies were, were at. And he grasped a warm chocolate chip cookie. And just then, his wife smacked his hand with a spatula. Gasped in shock. Why did you do that, he said. She snapped back. Those are for your funeral. Well, over these last few months, uh, there's been a lot of talk about death. You can't even turn the news on anymore without hearing about how many people died from the COVID virus or from violence that's broken out or some kind of an accident. And it can leave us depressed, can leave us confused, can leave us fearful. But death is a part of being human. Every single one of us in this room will die one day. And if that upsets you, I'm sorry. It shouldn't. As believers, we have a different view of death. We should have a different view. We often at funerals refer to uh, it as, as a home going. That's a wonderful way to look at it. Yesterday, with Marianne Ness, we celebrated her homegoing. And as I sat in the chair, I, I listened to children and grandchildren talk about her life, what it meant to them, what she meant to them, her faith. And it was a beautiful time together to celebrate her, her life, her faith, and her Savior. One day we'll all go home. Sometimes I go on a trip. And uh, it's always good to get home. No matter how great a time I had while I was gone, I always enjoy coming home. This world, however, is, is not our home. It's not our forever home. As the old hymn says, we're just passing through. I was listening to Pastor Dean preach a few while back about joy in distressing times. And he was in Philippians, and as he read the passage in chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, they, they just leaped off the page. And, and that got me thinking about life and about death and how we should view each of those. So if you have your Bibles, well, there's one in the pew in front of you, I think. Turn to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to start reading in verse 12. And we have it on the screen as well. 
Philippians 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am, a, I am torn between the two. I desire to, be, to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. I've entitled this message, The Disciples' Dilemma. And I hope that it would be the goal of our Christian life to find ourselves in the same dilemma Paul found himself in. Paul did not let his circumstances hinder his ability to share the gospel and to see the big picture. Instead of Paul seeing his imprisonment as a blow to his ministry, he sees it as an advancement. He says, it has become clear to everyone that he is in chains for Christ. No matter his circumstances, Paul is going to find a way to tell others about Jesus. We know from the latter, latter chapters in Acts um, that Paul made his um, appeal to the emperor to have his, uh, his uh, case heard in Rome. Um, he got arrested, and they, they put him in prison, and then he wanted to go see the emperor um, to have his case tried there in Rome. And while he waited for his case to be tried, um, he was allowed to live by himself. Um, he wasn't a criminal, um, and so they really didn't know what to do with him, so they allowed Paul to, to be by himself with a Roman guard chained to him all day long. Um, these Roman soldiers um, would change every four to six hours. Um, and so Paul sees 
this being chained to a, a Roman soldier um, as a new opportunity, a new audience um, for the gospel. And it becomes known to all of the Roman guards that he is in chains for Christ. Can you imagine being chained to Paul? Talk about a captive audience. And these Roman soldiers were not just typical run-of-the-mill soldiers. These were the emperor's guards. They guarded the emperor. They were the elite fighting troops of Rome. And Paul was chained to one of them for six hours every day. And then a new one would come in, and he'd be chained to that man. Day in and day out. And he shared the gospel with them. Because we know from chapter 4 of Philippians that uh, some of these guards became believers in Christ. Um, he says that those in Caesar's household send you their greetings. So these followers, these Roman soldiers, followers of Jesus, send their greetings to the Philippian church. And then it becomes known to everybody else in the whole city of Rome that Paul was in chains for Christ. And then not only that, but some of those believers, some of those faithful followers of Christ um, who may have been shy at the beginning to share their faith have witnessed Paul in his circumstances having no problem sharing his faith. And so they become more bold to share. What about us? What about you and me? Do we allow our circumstances to hinder or to dictate whether we share Christ or not? Do we use our circumstances as an excuse whether or not to share? I confess to you that I have. I have been in situations where I could have said something, and I didn't. I don't know about you, but afterwards I usually kick myself, and I say, why didn't you say something? We should never be afraid to tell others about Jesus, no matter what it costs us. It also appears from the text uh, that some were envious of Paul and his ministry. And so they start preaching about Christ as a way maybe to boost their own self-image, their own image, maybe to boost their ministry. Um, Paul, they see Paul as, as a rival to them. But these guys are not false teachers. Otherwise, Paul would have condemned them. They just had the wrong motives for preaching. Selfish ambition. Paul doesn't get discouraged by these preachers. Um, he doesn't care that they may be gaining a bigger reputation than he is. He doesn't think that he might be losing followers to the church across town. He isn't upset that they're trying to make trouble for him. He's happy. He's happy that Christ is being preached. That's what mattered to Paul. Christ being preached. And this is the goal for Paul. The gospel going forward. He was passionate about the gospel. What drives you? What are you passionate about? What dominates your thinking? 
Is it the gospel? It was for Paul. He didn't care what happened to him. He didn't care what circumstances he found himself in. He only cared that Christ was preached. And he had joy because the gospel was going forward. Paul wants Christ to be exalted in his body, in his life, whether he lives or dies. And this is the dilemma Paul found himself in. To live is Christ, to die is gain. If Paul was to go on living, it would mean fruitful labor. It would mean he would get to tell more people about Jesus, more converts to Christ. If he dies, he gets to be with Jesus. So it's a win-win for Paul. He finds himself in a dilemma. And I want to suggest that it's a dilemma we should all strive to find ourselves in. Well, let's take a closer look at his dilemma. Verse 22. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. On one hand, if he remains alive, he gets to tell people about Jesus. Paul's a prisoner of the emperor. If the emperor decides to set him free, he goes free. And he gets to spread the news. And Paul's ultimate hope was to go to Spain and tell people about the gospel. But if the emperor decides to have him executed, he's executed. And he gets to be with Jesus. That was the reality facing Paul. And he desires to be with Christ, but he also desires to stay and serve. He says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. The New American Standard says it's very much better. Uh, he uses, Paul uses in the Greek what's called a triple comparative. He says three, uses three um, adjectives to describe how much better it's going to be. He could have just said, it's better to be with Jesus. Or he could have said, it's much better to be with Jesus. But instead, he goes that extra mile and wants everybody to know just how much better it is. And so he says, it's very much better to be with Jesus. It would be similar if you offered me a chocolate chip cookie and I said, oh, I really, really love chocolate chip cookies. Now, I could have said, hmm, I like chocolate chip cookies. I could have said, I really like chocolate chip cookies. But I wanted you to know just how much I like chocolate chip cookies. And so I said, I really, really love them. Well, you would understand that those are my favorite kind of cookie. Paul is saying that to be in the presence of Jesus is better than anything this world could offer. But it's just as great 
to be here on earth serving Jesus. And so Paul doesn't know which to choose. He says he's torn between the two. That's vivid imagery, to be torn. Literally pulled in two opposite directions. It's not a choice between something great and something good. It's a choice between two equally great things. It's not Paul's desire to be with Jesus against Jesus' desire for Paul to be on earth preaching. It's Paul's desire to be with Jesus against Paul's desire to stay and preach. Two equally strong desires. Again, I want to suggest that we should find ourselves with that same dilemma, to have those same two strong desires. Let's look at those desires. First, Paul says, to go on living will mean fruitful opportunities to share the good news. Fruitful labor. People coming to know Jesus. Paul would have more opportunities to share the good news with anyone and with everyone. And the churches that he would establish, he would help them grow in their faith. And Paul sees the need for him to remain. He sees these young churches that he's established here on earth, and he wants to further build them up. He says he will remain for their progress in the faith. His knowledge that for him to remain would benefit his fellow Christians and his confidence that God would do whatever was necessary for their growth and grace combined to give him hope that he would indeed be granted a further spell of life and a further time to minister. And indeed, Paul was given a few more years to minister. Paul's deep connection to Christ and his full dependence on him gave him this confidence. And this is not something unique to Paul. Sometimes we elevate people in the Bible like Paul or David or Peter, James or John. We elevate them to a level that we think we could never attain. But that's not true. As we grow in our relationship with Christ, we can have this same confidence that God will continue to use us as long as he chooses. Paul had so entrusted his life to Christ that no matter what happened to him, whether he lived or whether he died, he knew he was where God wanted him to be. If he was chained to a Roman guard, he knew that's where God wanted him. If he was to be set free, he knew that's what God wanted. Whatever and wherever Paul was, he knew that's where God wanted him to be. And if it meant he would die, then that's what God wanted. And whatever God wanted is what Paul wanted. Let's con consider the other desire. Paul said that he desires to depart and be with Christ, for that is better by far. Now, there's a difference between wanting to be with Christ and wanting to die. Some people want to die because they see no hope, no reason to live. That's not what Paul is talking about here. Paul has all kinds of reasons to live. 
all kinds of reasons to hope. And I want us to stop and say, if you find yourself wanting to die, you need to talk to someone. Because there's all kinds of reasons to live. And Christ can give you all kinds of reasons to live. Your life has value. Your life is worth something. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. You have meaning and purpose in Christ. And Christ wants to use you in ways that will bring joy to you beyond your wildest dreams. So if you, there's a difference between wanting to die and wanting to be with Christ. Paul wants to be with Christ. But if that meant dying, he was okay with that. To be in the presence of Jesus, to have, to have unhindered fellowship with him, to see him face to face, was better than anything Paul could experience here on earth. I'm sure he's had many intimate times with Christ in prayer. Times I can only, and probably had times I can only imagine where he actually heard God speaking to him. But there's a sense of distance in those encounters. God is in heaven. We and Paul are on earth. And no matter how great our times or Paul's times with God were, they could never compare to being face-to-face with Jesus, to being in his presence. And I hope and pray that that should be the desire of our hearts, to want to be in the presence of Jesus. That's the kind of desire that Paul's talking about here. He wants to be in the presence of his Lord and Savior. And so he finds himself in this dilemma. And he doesn't know which one to choose, to stay and be used by Christ or to depart and be with Christ. Both equally good things. What about us? What about you, me? Do we find ourselves in this dilemma? I confess to you I'm not there yet. I want to be but I know that I have much more to learn and much more that God needs to teach me. And when I see the state our world is in, it does make me long to be with Christ. I struggle recognizing the opportunities to share Christ with others, no matter what my circumstances are. I get caught up in the busyness of life and I think to myself, well, I can do that tomorrow. But tomorrow is not guaranteed for us. But I know one thing. I do not fear death. I am ready to go whenever God decides to take me. My only prayer is that I will be just as ready to be used and to serve him wherever and whenever he needs me. I know it comes from getting to know Christ just as intimately as Paul did. And that means spending time with him every day. Time in his word. Time in prayer. Time listening to him. Time talking to him. Growing each day closer to Jesus. Falling more in love with Jesus every day. So that one day I might find myself in this wonderful dilemma. A dilemma that we should all strive to find ourselves in. 
to long to be with Jesus because we love him so much and to long to serve Jesus and to serve in his church because we love it so much. To die is to be with Christ. To live is to serve Christ. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what troubles come our way. It doesn't matter if we get some virus. It doesn't matter what state our world is in. If everything collapses around us, it doesn't matter if we face death. It only matters that Christ is preached. That Christ is exalted. That Christ is honored. That was Paul's goal. And I hope and pray it is ours as well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we sang this morning, oh, how you loved us. Lord, you love us in a way that we can, can't even fathom. The depths of your love know no end. You call each of us your child, those that have placed their faith in you. And you ask us to serve you. It's not a, a service that is um, meaningless, Lord. It is a service that brings joy to our hearts. It's fun to serve you, Lord. And like your servant Paul, Lord, we can have become in a dilemma where we don't know whether we want to be with you or to serve you. Because each is equally great. Lord, help us each day to learn to love you more. Help us each day to want to see more of you, to learn more about you, to feel your love around us more and more. Thank you, Lord, for the ways that you use us. Continue to open our eyes to the opportunities to share the gospel, no matter our circumstances, no matter the, where we find ourselves in. And give us the same boldness as you gave the Christians in Rome to tell the gospel to everyone we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? It's good to worship God. Go in peace. took a breath, you breathed your life in me, you have been so, so kind to me.
Tear down, coming at 